Hey guys, gals, it's Elisa here. And did you know, did you know that we have a YouTube channel? We do. We do. Now on the heels of the teachings we've been doing about our phones and having some phone freedom, I still stay true to that. But here's the thing. Use your phone well. Use it like the tool that it is. And there's a lot of great things that you can learn intentionally. And one of the greatest channels for that is YouTube. One of the great places to go. People learn all kinds of things. You guys, the other day I was, I don't know if you know the story, but my father left me with a lot of turquoise gemstones. So I was like, what if I could learn how to make an, a ring? <laughs> Where do you go for that? You go to YouTube. So, uh, spoiler alert, it's too complicated. I'm not doing it. Anyways, but it was interesting and I learned what it takes to make a silver ring. And that's why we have a YouTube channel because we want to provide that type of information for you over there. There are tons of free workouts and work-ins and teachings and some of our podcast interviews, even the one today that you are going to be listening to, you can head over to uh, YouTube and see uh, Lisa and I talking. You can actually, you know, be there with us. So this is just another one of our many free training resources we have to encourage you and to keep you moving. So we just want to let you know, some of you are, you know, you're headed over there. You know, be sure to subscribe to the channel. That way you get updates. Uh, and we are really making a point to put content out that will serve in that YouTube channel and world. So swipe up on the show notes. You can hit the link and they'll get you over to our YouTube channel. So yes, today you and I are going to sit down with our G mother, our godmother, Lisa Bevere. Y'all, I don't even know. Um, I, you know, Lisa, I get her and she gets me. Let's be real. I am the girl that in, I love a good woman's event at the church, but instead of making crafts, can we just go throw some axes? Can we throw axes? Can we um, camp? Can we can we rough it up a little? Can we mountain bike? I'm just saying. <laughs> Elisa Revere is known for being a woman, a girl with a sword. So we have a great talk today. This is such a timely message. Did you know we are living in a time where we have a fatherless nation? We've never been so fatherless outside of war. And I would say the same thing as mothers. The world, the nations are needing mothering and fathering. And her message of how to be a godmother, um, why you need one and how to be one, it's such a fun, it's just a great message. I've read the book front to back, highly encourage um, the book. Go get it, Amazon, we'll have it here in the show notes, swipe up and um, check it out. It really is a great book. If you know someone, uh, maybe someone that you would consider a goddaughter, someone younger than you, um, that you could walk through the book together. It asks great questions. This is what we need. This is what we need is restored relationship and reclamation of things that have been stolen. And family is one of those things. And you don't need to be related by blood to know that the blood of Jesus is what relates us and connects us and integrates us. So enjoy this podcast interview with Lisa Bevere. Uh, we talk about, again, we hit social media quite a bit. We talk about comparison. Um, we talk about um, her, a story that she's gonna share with you when conflict arises or misconception or being misunderstood. How do we do this? How do we continue to show up and be who God's greatest to be for the role we are to play? 
All right, have fun. I know I sure did. I think I'm still basking in the glow of just sitting down and talking with a good friend. I love you guys. Thanks again, partners, for making this possible. Thank you for how you, you truly do. And I, I don't mean this silly, but it's true. You keep the lights on. We will be a city on a hill. We will be salt on the in the earth. And it does take us together as the body. So thank you for being here and flexing and bending and stretching yourself with us. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Lisa Bevere is here, everyone. And I I feel like, I don't know if I feel, I'm somewhere in the middle of age group with you, Lisa, because I'm 50. I'm just about to turn 50. Yeah. So it's like yeah. you're a mother, but a sister and, and all the places. So I'm just grateful for who you are. And we're glad you're here today. Well, I am thrilled to be here. And I will just keep passing. We are sharing beauty tips ahead yes. of time. Y'all don't know that. But I will keep passing my wisdom <laughs> of aging onto you. Let's as I take can. it. <laughs> Absolutely. So we were talking about the grays, the grays coming in. Lisa's going to embrace it. Look at I it. Y'all, it's going to be amazing. It is. It's going to be beautiful. I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> My husband is not, but I am. So. <laughs> All right, Lisa, tell us about, I, we, you were here, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago. We we're yep. talking about your last book, um, yep. Strong, right? It was, it was strong. Yep. strong. And it was a great, uh, great book, you guys. That's clearly still available. But you had mentioned that this book was coming. And I said, you got to come back because this is beautiful. I don't even know if there's ever been a book, like I feel like for the Christian woman or faith, like it feels like this topic is talked about. And that's one kind of legacy godmothers to goddaughters. Um, so tell me, was there a reason, a moment or something that you knew that this is a book that needed to be written? So, you know, in the opening chapter, you know, mm -hmm. I realized the need when I was 30, mm -hmm. but I didn't have the length mm -hmm. of days mm -hmm. or the wisdom and insight mm -hmm. until I turned 60. And again, I could have, I could have piecemealed it on the way, which I have, I've tried to pour certain things out as I've learned them, but it's like this, you know, daughters have questions. Yeah. Mothers have answers, mm. but godmothers and grandmothers have perspective. Mm. And if you don't have the why then when somebody just tells you the what, it doesn't make sense. That's right. So I feel like at this age, turning 60 was a real like banner for me of realizing I have to take whatever days I get in front of me and mm. mark a trail and yeah. in part. And you know, what's crazy to me is I, I still can't believe that I'm 60. Like in my brain, totally. I don't even remember turning 50. I'm like, totally. Like, I kind of kind of remember 47, but uh, everything went so fast after that. You know, it was one grandkid. Now it's yeah. it was one boy married, then three boys married. Yeah. And, and life happens uh, so quickly that I think it's so intentional to have somebody pause and mark, mark some, you know, like mile markers. Mile markers, like yeah. How far you've gone. But let me tell you, this, you know, that's awesome. And let me tell you how much further to the next resting place or the next town. And, and to me, a godmother is someone who comes alongside you that's committed to your growth. Mm. They're, they're not trying to make you in their own image. So a lot of times yeah. we hear the term mentoring and mentors are great, mm -hmm. but mothers, mothers usually want more for their children 
than they had for themselves. Mentors tend to reproduce themselves, which isn't bad, but I feel like it's kind of like Paul said to the church, you have many teachers, yeah, but not many fathers. And that's what we need. Don't you feel like, and it is a time we know we're in one of the most fatherless times, right? Outside of war, I believe it ever, ever. And I think that's also true for mothers. Um, and even to the point, I'm going to drop a pin on something because I'm, I'm right now been feel like the Lord's been talking a lot about, um, in light of social dilemma, have you seen that? Have you seen that documentary of like social media and what it's doing and how we're, we're on our phones so much that you can be there as a mom, but still not be there. Like this presence of a mother, as much as the presence of a father, whether it's physical or just mentally there, feels like we're in a time that there's yeah. an awakening. What do you, do you remember? I don't know if you've read the whole book. Do you remember? I wrote about that. Yes, you did. I yeah. about how we have developed the look down. We're looking at Come the on. world as something we can hold in our hands. Mm. When God is saying, put it down, walk outside, look at the stars. There's something that is larger that needs to be awakened. And yeah, I mean, we've got, uh, I did on, on, um, okay. My brain Friday night, you know, it's all a blur with COVID. If I didn't (laughs) Friday night, we did a live on marriage and we called, we talked about marriage unmasked and we talked about that. The purpose of marriage is to make us more children of God. Yeah, we think we think marriage is to make me happy. Mm. And and there is people that say marriage isn't to make you happy. It's to make you holy. But I do believe that there's joy and happiness in holiness. So Mm -hmm. I do believe that you have the wrong expectation. You're always going to be disappointed. But if you say I'm going to become more selfless, more godly, more who I really am because of covenant. A covenant with relationships. You know, you've got a covenant with Brooke. You know, I've got a covenant with the Live Out Loud girls. I say everything that I've learned the hard way is yours. Mm-hmm. Yours so that you can actually add to that. So mm-hmm. a covenant is different than a contract. A mm-hmm. contract is actually created to restrict your movements. Yeah. So Godmother doesn't come in your life on a contractual basis. She comes into your life on a covenant basis and a covenant basis says what is mine is yours. And what is yours is mine, which means all of our lives get larger. And, you know, our family is extremely ridiculously competitive with games. I did not grow up. Please invite me over. Please invite. I, no one knows knows what to do with me and my family. Are you fighting? Are you okay with fighting? Are you kidding? I'm Hispanic. Mexican. That's they what we do. Fight. Okay. So like our family, like, first of all, I didn't, I wasn't growing up with that. The first time John's mom intentionally knocked my shuffleboard puck off, I was horrified. I said, she knocked off my plus 10. And John said, well, of course she's playing against you. I'm like, I'm her daughter-in-law. How does she do that? I didn't understand that you have to play games. And if you have four sons, people have to lose and people have to win. But one of my daughter-in-laws is possibly as or more competitive than all of my boys. And John John Bevere is, okay, he fakes blonde. He fakes 
like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> and again, I'm not insulting my blonde friend. Uh, <laughs> is that a blonde moment, John? Uh, we're just saying senior moment. But yeah, was, oh, I didn't know that was the rules. Oh, oh, he totally knows <laughs> the rules. And so we called him out on something. Christian was like, no, you know, you're disqualified. I'm like, yeah, you're disqualified. <laughs> Jessica, my sweet daughter-in-law, starts oh. crying. No. And I'm like, no, no, don't, don't feed that. Don't feed that. We like our family, super competitive games. Mm. What we had to learn was a win for them. Like, you know, every young man wants to beat his dad in sports. A win for one of the sons is a win for John. That's right. And so a godmother says a win for my goddaughter is a win for me. Mm. She doesn't say, well, wait a minute. I've labored in the field for 20 hours and Jesus, you're giving me this reward and you're giving her the same reward Come and she labored for an hour. Yeah. Because yeah. see, God is generous. Mm. And Godmothers understand the generosity of God mm. is part of all of our legacy. And mm. that you, you flourishing isn't diminishing me. That's and right. Me flourishing isn't diminishing you when you're in relationship. And I think, I think right now we have this competitive comparison culture that is eating away uh, originality, mm. creativity. Oh it, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't breed creativity. No, it doesn't. It, it breeds perfectionism. And we know creativity means you have to start ugly. It has to be messy. It's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't want my kids starting where I started, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I do want them starting where I've positioned them to start with a sense of gratitude mm-hmm. and a sense of honor by working hard. And so mm-hmm. like, it's just one of those, I don't know, it's a very interesting day and everybody is so, uh, so quickly offended. You know, it's interesting mm-hmm. the Bible says because lawlessness mm-hmm will abound. Mm-hmm. The love of many mm-hmm. will grow cold. Mm-hmm. And it talks about when people are offended, what do they do? Mm-hmm. They betray one another. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is a betrayal? Because that sometimes sounds like maybe it's hard to do. A betrayal is when I compromise your safety to assure mm-hmm. my own. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. If I can make you look bad, a betrayal says, look, make her look bad so you can look good. Yeah. A betrayal is, is, is when I, I sell out other people for my own benefit. And, and that is something happening in our culture right now. Cancel yeah. culture, confusion, yeah. people yeah. quick to be offended, quick to judge, quick to cancel. It's like we're in some twisted game of musical chairs yeah. and the music is controlling. The yeah. bad and so we have to, at some point, walk away from the game. Amen. How do you, Lisa, keep yourself out? Do you, I mean, how do you, how do you, you, I see you have like social media, you know, there's places you're still in it, but not getting swallowed by it. Do you well, tell us God daughters, I'm sitting at, in, yeah. as a God daughter in that for sure. I, I, I'm a gatekeeper. And there's a, there's a couple things that I have given myself permission to do. And I, and I say that that way because it's not my natural inclination. 
Okay. So I have decided that there's a couple rules I have. Anybody that comes to my Instagram, which I don't know how many people I have, but it's a lot. It's like 650,000 or something. Yeah, Anybody that cool. comes to my Instagram, they, they need to feel safe. Yeah. So if somebody is on my Instagram and they're attacking somebody else, then that person that's attacking, Mm -hmm. they get either blocked, Mm -hmm. warned, Mm -hmm. or restricted. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you know about restricted? I know. Yeah. I mean, that just shuts them down completely, right? That's blocked. So restricted is a gift from the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I'm totally convinced of it. Okay. So block, block means they're out of the room. They don't have to come in your house. They don't hear what you say. They don't see what you do. Restrict means they can go to your page. They can go on. And I I don't know. I don't know. uh, Facebook has this. Instagram definitely does. Um, They can see what you're doing. But if they post a comment, they see it, you see it, but nobody else can see it. And then if they're behaving well, you approve the content. Okay. And if they're not, I just leave it. I don't delete it because as soon as I delete it, they're going to be like, where's my comment? Why'd you delete me? Yeah, right. Yeah. So restrict because, you know, everybody can have a bad day. That's a good, that's great. That's a great perspective. You're absolutely right. Gracious assumptions. So I'd rather rather restrict them than block them. I like that. Okay. Now, if they continue to be crazy, then then I feel like I have no choice. And I, you know, and I'm going to block them, but I'm going to, I'm going to edit people that mm-hmm. are unsafe for people that are coming to receive from me. It's good. Second, second, I post and go. Now I read. What Amen. Happens. Preach. I, I read of what happens in mine. And I may, I may intentionally visit some friends. Yeah. But I'm not going to get my life from Instagram. Come on. And, and so I might check up on people and then like, I'm so far behind on liking everybody's. <laughs> I can't keep up on that. Sure. I mean, I'd have to right. be sitting on the toilet, just liking. <laughs> That's, I can't live for that. Right. People that I have speaking into me are either people that I find that I appreciate their opinion, even if I don't agree with it. Right. Or they're my friends and yeah. I want to see what's going See, when Instagram first started, it was, look at my grandkids, look at my children, totally. look at my day. Uh, it's gone into a whole nother world of yeah. uh, mean, politically driven. Uh, yeah. And so I've tried to, to just maintain that I will speak life. It's good. And I will not allow trolls mm-hmm. to charge me mm-hmm. to cross bridges. And, Mm -hmm. and so if somebody's going to be combative, I'm just not, I'm just not gonna, and I try to be, you know, like I'm very rarely going to weigh in unless I know somebody, you know, it's like, if if you do something, I might put a heart on it. Like Mm -hmm. if you, like, if it's in my story, uh, if Brooke does something, I'm going to like, but I'm not going to just every single person that I follow, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make a comment. If I did that, when would I be in the word of God? When would I have time with my family? You know, even though I don't have children, small children at home anymore, I have people, you know, if I have influence, I have responsibility to, to use that influence for growing people. 
yeah. and strengthening them. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's just been what I've decided is going to be my approach on things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm doing it. So if somebody starts really uh, rubbing me wrong, like maybe, maybe it's my issue. It has nothing to do with them. Right. Maybe I'm like, it's maybe it's bringing out something bad in me. You yeah. know, I, I don't have to follow them. That's right. Yeah, that's good. And okay. Yeah. Can, so, can can you, as a godmother who has you definitely, you know, are influencing so many a generation coming up behind you, when you were the generation coming up, and I know that there were few probably very few. That's why you don't have a godmother. You open your book saying, Lord says you yeah. won't have a godmother. Yeah. You're going to be yeah. one. But were there other people that then where Satan would try to get you to compare and do those, do that, you know, kind of, again, going back to, we discount ourselves because their win is my loss and that whole thing. Did you have to go through that pruning season? And do you still go through that pruning season? Um, I did have to go through it, not when I was young, necessarily comparing myself with peers, because we were isolated. I'm out kind of doing this over here, and somebody else is doing this over here, somebody else doing it. And then we'd meet, we're like, oh, thank God, somebody else is doing it. You're doing what I'm doing. We're like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I remember the first time I met Christine Kane, I was like, wait, so we, like, you're thinking like that? I mean, like, it was so helpful. It's true. Now, I do very openly share of a very embarrassing, ridiculous moment about myself finding myself not making a list of the top 100. That was not a list made by my peers. That was a list made by the goddaughters. And that's what made me so mad. Oh, yeah. I thought, I was doing this for 20 years before you came on the scene. How dare you leave me off this list? And then I also was, I'm never going to make the list. I'm I'm 54. I'm 54 and I'm never going to make the list. And and my husband was like, why do you care? I'm like, shut up. I care. I know I shouldn't care, but I care. I do. And I said, I know I'm wrong, but that doesn't make this feel right. And, And so being honest, yeah. And before God and say, I, I feel like I just became an eight-year-old, eighth-grade girl. I don't know yeah. what happened. Yeah. I feel like I just wasn't invited to the slumber party. God, yeah. what's wrong with me? And and owning it. Yeah. Um, yep. I have a friend. She's absolutely brilliant. She said, uh, jealousy will have you gossiping about people you should be learning from. You know, and so wow, we need to... Watch what we're saying, because what if if I'm saying certain things, then I'm I'm actually my mouth can undermine my destiny. Mm -hmm. God says you are snared. You know, people don't like. What does that mean? A snare is like what they trap animals in. Right. You know, rabbits. You know, like what running through the forest. All of a sudden, they hit a snare. Yep. And they're tied up until mm. somebody comes and mm. cuts them free. And I don't want to be snared until somebody else comes around and cuts me free. I, right. I want to use the word of God to cut me free, but yeah. I want to be careful. Yes. Uh, it says that we're going to eat the fruit of our mouths, the fruit of our lips. Okay. 
So I want to, I want to say things that will course correct people. I want to, I want to bless people. You know, recently a couple, you know, very well-known, very talented, gifted women, you know, announced they were going through divorces. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had so many people contact me. What are you going to say about this? And I said, I'm I'm not going to say anything. Right. Right. These women are hurting. Yeah, that's right. I don't have their phone numbers. Right. Right. Last thing they need is my opinion. Right. I I wasn't involved. I said, but what I will do is I'm going to acknowledge there's an attack on marriages. Yes, ma'am. And I'm going to figure out what I can do to help build the people that are married without building a platform by tearing other people down. And that's right. It's something I've seen this culture do a lot. You know, when I was writing Godmothers, it was really interesting. You know, Lisa, there's things I've done well. And then there's things I have. I mean, I I just, I didn't even get a D minus. I just got an F. <laughs> and when my husband and I were first married, uh, John came into our marriage wrestling with a pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. And like many men, he thought, well, once I get married, that goes away. Yeah, it'll go away. It doesn't go away. Right. And um and I didn't, you know, again, I've been married for 38 years. So think about almost 40 years ago. These were not talked about in the church. These things, no resources right. were available. You know, mm. it was hush, hush. Mm. And, and I remember, you know, not handling it well. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I did not, I, I took it. I, I was furious with John, mm-hmm. which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But right. then also... Did not, I was not constructive with walking him forward to get out. I was like, that's your problem, which mm-hmm. a lot of people see it that way. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you get married, yeah, that's right. Their problem becomes your problem. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I was the problem because I wasn't the problem, but it meant I was living with that problem. So yeah. I, it, but I didn't, I wasn't part of that solution. I just was like, you figure it out. I'm not being helpful. You know, and so there were things that I did that I wish I would have done differently. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, John was talking about openly and people were like, where was Lisa and all this? And so I posted something and I said, I was furious. Mm-hmm. I was not godly about it. Mm-hmm. I, I said, now how I would handle it now is this. Well, some young girl who wanted platform mm-hmm. took my video, cut it into little pieces. And I, I saw went, that. I saw that. Oh, and, and girl, and, yeah, I was like- and, and basically said, this is what she was saying. And so, I was like, that's not what I said. I said yeah. what I was saying. I never said, shame the victim. I never said that yeah. it wasn't, I said, I thought I wasn't enough. Right. And anyway, but so my team was like, oh my gosh, look what she's doing. And I said, you know why she's doing it? And they said, no, why? Come I on. said, she wants to build a platform. Mm-hmm. And so I said, watch what happens. And sure enough, she said, how about you have me on your podcast and we can talk about this? Mm-mm. And my team said, did she really just do that? <laughs> he attacked you to try to get an in. Yeah. And I said, absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what happened. And, and plus, know, don't you think, I saw that when I watched that, I was like, okay, she clearly watched through a filter that is her experience of her and whatever hurt that she carried and then she needed whatever to build that platform so other people don't fall into this pit or whatever I thought like it it lacked that gracious assumption of 
this was Lisa's story. You can't say what she heard God do or lead her to is, is, is wrong or hurtful. Like I, I was, I was very protective of you right then. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and I'm just saying, so we don't build by tearing anybody down. That's right. And it's, again, that is how our culture does it, but that is not how we right. call ourselves kingdom women. That's good. That is not love is strong. You know, that That's is, good. that is not love. I was just talking to a, a gal today who I would consider goddaughter. She's in her twenties, and we she's authoring, trying to get an author, trying to get an agent in in that place. I'm just encouraging her and her writing and her voice. And uh, the author, one of the agents, got back to her and said, "You know, if your if your platform was just a little bigger, if you could work those numbers, and we know what that's like, right? And man, is that doesn't trigger something in us, right? But then we know if the Lord, unless the Lord builds it." The laborers yeah. build in vain, right? But she said something. I, you know, I could go today and like do something on my podcast that's controversial. Like I could enter the controversial conversation, probably get my numbers up. But what, what would that do? Like, what, what is that? So she was at least able to go. You know, I'm not entering in. I'm not going to enter the controversy. Try to build a platform on in that in that way. So that's where a goddaughter. I think they see a, a healthy goddaughter has a godmother that parents and says, "Hey, can we?" Look at what you might be feeling here or wanting more than is just a book agent. Yeah. And, and you know what I love? And again, this is an advantage I have. <clears throat> you know, when I wrote my first book, there was, well, when I've wrote my, a lot of my books, no social media, no platform. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> read the manuscript and said, this needs to be said. Yep. And, and then I had to sign a moral perpetuity contract. I had that? to say, that? yeah, what's that? I have to say, I'm not going to divorce my husband. I'm not going to denounce Christ. I'm not going to, I'm not going to embezzle. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not, gonna, I mean, wow. it, like I had to sign wow. an ethical waiver that if I did any of those things, I would owe the publisher money. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's it was, incredible. because it used to be, that the character of the author carried the book. Woo. Now it is the platform that they oh. build, whether it's character or not, that carries the book. And so if you have popularity, they're like, oh, they'll sell their own books. So if, if that's the case, and again, everybody can have a different approach. I would tell your young friend, publish your own book. That girl, that's exactly... And, well, she has been self-publishing for a while and successfully. And I'm like, yeah. just keep your head yeah. down, keep serving. Electronic, hone your skills, keep your heart right. Mm. And, and understand that Jesus has a much different standard Amen. for success than we do. You know, mm. like, and I've said this to somebody, I found one of my, my dearest friends, when one of my books became a New York times, I felt like, she, I felt like that competitive thing tried to come between us. Mm. And so I, I said, you know, Jesus, I'm feeling this. Mm -hmm. And how do I dismantle, dismantle this? Because I value her. Yeah. And, and so I said to her, I said, um, you know, man measures success by how many books we sell, mm -hmm. but Jesus is more impressed by how many books we give away. And it said, there is a very different standard in heaven than on earth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so John's and my, 
goal is every year we give away more books than we sell. So Messenger International, everyone look into it. 41 million. So I awesome. I sold 41 million books, That's but so I have sold 41 million books. That's good. So, you know, we just, we need to understand that some of us can write a book mm-hmm. that is for one person mm-hmm. that changes mm-hmm. the life of one person mm-hmm. or changes the life of many people. Mm-hmm. That doesn't invalidate sales numbers, does not invalidate a message. Um, and, and just, you know, again, and I also do think there's so many books being written right now mm-hmm. that sometimes people are saying the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes the same thing can be heard from this person that's not heard from this person. So, you know, it's just at the end of the day, if God tells you to write a book, don't let a publisher tell you to write the book. Amen. Yeah, write it. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So and good. I've just, I've always just written because I felt like it was a stewardship on my life. Yeah. But it's, it's a bear. It's yeah. The right. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> it is. Healing. And people, you know, you put it in print and people, people twist it or attack you or you have to decide. You did an interview with, um, on Havila's podcast that I was listening to when she was doing the writing series. So if you guys yeah. want to hear more about writing a book, um, cause I know a lot of you do have that interest, uh, check it out on Havila Cunnington's podcast. And, um, you talked about kind of those early days of being a reluctant writer, really not, you know, not wanting to, but uh, it's a good story. I won't go there. I want to stay focused on um, Godmothers. And I know we're running out of time and I would love for you to share the story. I've read, by the way, Lisa, when I have you on these shows, I read your books front to back. I'm, I've read it the whole way through. It's way worth it. It, it, it mentor, mentors, it teaches me in so many ways. So you, on ch- I was chapter 12. She writes, um, when Godmothers and Daughters Collide. You talk about this kind of the conflict thing, because that's a big one. And I think that's often why people, you know, maybe you've had a a terrible relationship with your mom growing up. You didn't know how to do it. So we tend to back off of each other. Could you share that story of the girl? There was a girl that you kind of, something was going on. She's one of my dearest friends now. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I had met and just immediately loved this younger woman and just connected with her really deeply, walked with her through some transitions in her life. And, you know, some time passed and I realized we're both speaking the same conference and I'm so excited. I've never spoken with her. I've never got to hear her speak. Uh, I wrote out to her and I'm like, I'm so excited. I hear we're going to be together, blah, blah, blah. And she almost acted like she didn't know me. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, we're texting. Lots gets lost in translation. So I get, get there, get ready, go to her session. And she acknowledges every single speaker except for me. And I thought, you know, I've been on that platform before where mm-hmm. you get nervous and you forget, forget some names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you forget names. So I, <laughs> I go the next day and basically it happens again. I'm like, okay, now <laughs> there's something going on. And, and so I, I, we had used to be like connected through social media. And again, like I told you, I post and go, Mm-hmm. I go and look and I'm like, wait, she's not even following me. She has intentionally unfollowed me okay. So because she used to follow me. So of course, what I do, unfollowed her. And, and then I went to our friend who had connected us. I said, what's going on here? And she's like, oh, I haven't followed all of them. And I was thinking, yeah. And I thought, no, that's not Jesus. Right. That's not Jesus. <laughs> so I had this uncomfortableness 
that I justified, like I haven't done anything wrong. I don't know what her deal is. And yeah. for three years, years. <laughs> I mean, this is like, dear Jesus, for three years, I let that go unaddressed. Okay. I, I would often be in prayer and I would think about it. Mm-hmm. And I would think, why is that interrupting my prayer time? <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. I, I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> I, and I, I, like if her name came up or something, I'd be like, oh, that's a person that dissed me, you know, like mm-hmm. in my brain. Mm-hmm. And then one day I realized we're both speaking at an event again. And I cannot go into this event with this unresolved because I'm pretty transparent and I don't believe that you're just what you say. Yeah. I believe you, you are what you live. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want, I didn't want something blocking my heart and then yeah. getting up and trying to share in a healthy way. And so I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to text her. So I text her, put the phone down, run out of the room. You know, I just, yeah. and, and I said, can we talk? She was like tomorrow. And I didn't even know what I was going to say. But I pick up the phone and I, I just kind of reiterated that I met her. I loved her. I poured into her. And then I was with her and she acted like she'd never known me. She mm-hmm. acted like I hadn't been there. She acted like a punk. And, yeah. and, and I said, did I do something? Did yeah. I do something that caused you to treat yeah. me like this? Mm-hmm. And there was this long pause and then a wail. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> like in your brain, you're like, what did I do? Yeah, yeah, what did yeah. I do? What did I say something? You know, you're trying to think. And she just said, I can't believe you would reach out to me. Mm-hmm. You of all people. And I was like, why me of all people? <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people think I'm really fierce and they don't know that I, I, I have a very strong tender side. And so I said, Mm -hmm. well, you know, so we started to talk and, and then she said, I, you didn't ever do anything. I associated you with some other people that are in your circle that had done some stuff to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she just said how she felt wounded by them. And I said, well, you do know that you younger women are sending the older women a message that you don't need us, that you don't like us that you don't respect us, mm. that you've got it going on and you don't need us from this point forward. Mm. And we had the most beautiful conversation and became friends. And, you know, it was so crazy. It wasn't until I hung up the phone that I, like, you know, in the conversation I was thinking, well, I'm glad that I confronted her because she was obviously wrong about me. And then I hung up the phone and I realized, you were the older one, Lisa. Yeah. You could have picked up that phone okay. at any point mm. and you did it. And I thought about the scripture when it says we go to bring our offering to offering. the altar and we remember there. Yes. That That's there's right. something behind us. Right. There's an offended brother, an offended yeah. husband, an offended child, an offended right. friend. Right. And Jesus cares this much about our relationships that he's like, you leave that gift. That's right. Go make it right. And a lot of times when there's those suddenlies when we're praying, we suddenly remember. You know, I, I said this in the book, I never have a hard time forgetting. Uh-huh. Um, treated me. 
Yeah. But when I suddenly remember someone I have forgotten, yeah, I might have hurt or mm. somebody I might have offended. Mm-hmm. It matters to God mm. that I pick up the phone mm-hmm. or I go to that person when COVID's done, whatever it is. <laughs> but what I do is I do everything I can to make it right. And, and even how I did it with her, I said, have I done something? I didn't assume I was innocent. I said, have I done something? Right. Because great. I told her, I said, I know that I can be offensive without even knowing it. So yeah. have I done something? So good. Because Humility. this is how you treated me. And it just opened right. to my heart. And too often, you know, we're, we're unaware of the importance that God places on our relationship with other people. Yeah. And we forget that God even says, has us pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have trespassed or sinned against us. So trespassing, what does that even look like? That means that, you know, I'm, I'm looking out over you past my, my, my backyard. Trespassing means somebody walked on something in our life that wasn't theirs to walk on. Mm. Somebody didn't respect our boundaries. Mm. Somebody didn't say that they valued our space. They trespassed it. So it's Mm. not just sins, it's sins and trespasses. Mm. And you know, what it was interesting, I was talking about a marriage and I talked about how in the book of Malachi and I was reading it from the, the message paraphrase where it said, don't cheat on your spouse. And they said, we immediately think adultery or even pornography. I said, but to cheat on somebody means you rob them of growth. It means you rob them of victory. Mm. When you cheat on somebody, mm-hmm. you take away what is theirs to learn. You take away what is theirs to earn. Yeah. You take away something that should have been theirs. And so we don't want to cheat one another by being cheap with our relationships. So good. We got to manage those. And, and that's what I think, you know, you're 50, almost 50. Mm-hmm. I'm 60. You look over your life and, and you don't look back and say, oh, gosh, I remember that pair of shoes. Or uh, at least I don't. No. You remember the friendship you lost. Right. You remember the friends that were there for you. Right. And time, I have a, a beautiful dear friend and she just recently lost her daughter. And we went and sat together on uh, her daughter's porch and she just shared her pain with me. Mm-hmm. And we sat in the rain and, mm-hmm. and cried together. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I didn't say anything profound. Uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing there's nothing to say there's nothing mm-hmm. to say when that happens she looked at me and she said i'm going to forever remember that you sat with me amen and i think we just need people in our lives that will sit with us when we're hurting mm-hmm. and just say i'm sorry i'm sorry i know you're hurting and sometimes people think they have to have all the answers mm-hmm. when sometimes just being present present is more than enough amen <sighs> Lisa, I have to let you go. I want to honor your time. We have to let her go. Okay, can you hurry up and write another book? Okay, so what that should I write on. Tell me, what should I write on? 
Um, I think you should write on, have you written, you've written on marriage, haven't you? I did. I did a book with my husband. It's called Story of Marriage. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, we did do a book and we did it. We did it as a free ebook for the, for the downloads for the conference that we did. And actually this is like spoiler alert. Uh, I don't know if it's tomorrow or today we're going to, cause we had so many people that, you know, it gets confusing. We're like, it's a live event. And then there, and then after it's live, it's all recorded. There's four lessons. And so people could watch it, but we had a lot of people like, Oh, I couldn't do it mm-hmm. because it was 1130 at night. You know, we're like, well, you can still sign up. So what we're going to do is we're going to make it available, but yeah, marriage. And I do think, um, I do think we got to figure out relationship things. Yes. I feel like I did touch on that quite a bit, but. Especially coming out of what we're in right now. I think, I think it's going to be interesting. What relationships, what will they look like on the other side of this? How affected will we be even on a subconscious level? Yeah, like what kindness, I mean, I totally just, kindness would be a fantastic well, one. Did, did you see my, my story? I think you did. I, so one of my young girls was asking me last weekend, she was like, remember how you, you know, we usually get a, a, a word for the year. She was like, what was your word for 2020? And I said, I had to think a moment because so much water has gone under my brain. <laughs> when was that? Everybody was like, 2020 vision. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And when I prayed, I got the word kindness. That's what I got. I got that year. That was my word too this uh-huh. year. Yes. Yeah, but kindness is king. Mm. He said it is the kindness that leads people to repentance. That's right. And he said, kindness is not an endorsement of bad behavior. Kindness is an open door. And so I thought, okay. So I like did this little Instagram thing. And I said, my year, my year word for the year is kindness. And everybody else was having all these profound 2020 vision, you know, whatever. It was like, change the world. Yeah. I got got ghetto. I got a ghetto word. (laughs) Kindness. What do we do with kindness? kindness Everything. That sounds, so, that sounds so wimpy. But I'm telling you, it it takes courage to be kind right now. Amen. It does. It, that's right. Kindness is not comfort. It's not always the warm blanket. It's kind of what we think is, oh, it's also this courage to rise and be clear about who we are and how we love and what we stand for. And that's not often told. Well, talking to me is not kind. Right. Telling right. me what I want to hear. Clarity. I need to hear isn't kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I just got a uh, bone density test done. Hallelujah. That's what you do when you're 60. Um, they asked me a bunch of other ones. I'm like, I'm not doing those. My bones <laughs> I need. The other one, I don't want to go back. But, <laughs> but my bone density was subpar to say the least. Okay. Like, they were like, uh, you have osteoporosis. I'm like, what? Yeah, right. And so what did they say I had to do? Mm-hmm. They said, you're going to have to do some resistance. Some training. resistance. Yeah. You're impact a little bit. Very focused supplementation. Mm-hmm. And then they also pointed out that I had zero estrogen. They were no. like, John has more estrogen than I have. No, I'm not even lying. They did <laughs> blood work on both of us. He has more estrogen than me. So I mm-hmm. told him no testosterone, no estrogen. I said, I am truly gender fluid. They said, <laughs> they said we got to put you on a little bit of estrogen 
and you got to do a whole lot of work. Mm. So kindness is like the right environment. That's right. It's like the estrogen, but I got to do the work. I got to do resistance training. I got to do the supplementation. If I don't do all three of those things, all that kindness isn't going to do me any good. That's right. Amen. Okay, Lisa, thank you for being here. 